Ah. <laughs> Bila say na don reach Make na listen. Well, well. Simple. Two prisoners whose cells adjoin communicate with each other by knocking on the wall. The wall is the thing which separates them, but it's also the means of how they communicate. Every separation is a link. In a village boys, we explore the separation of the black culture because we understand that by bringing it to light, we will recreate links that will eventually unite us all back together. Since I gave you my number, is that the right thing I wonder? Could you be that one? Could you be that love? How could I ever change it? You do some insane shit. I cannot get enough. I give up on this love. You don't come back again. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. What's in the album? What's in the shellet? This episode, we interview a lady from Houston named Eno, Nigerian-American. She has a brand called Ninja.com. Go follow them at Ninja.com, N-I-A-J, wait, what? N-A-I-J-A-C-O-M-M. And the brand essentially focuses on connecting the diaspora together and enhancing amazing stories within that. So on the episode, we talk about her being first-generation Nigerian-American. We talk about... Um, living in the village when she first went and we also talk about building a brand so you already know we had to get on the show so without further ado check it out welcome 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 to village the typical village boy chukwemeka show that village boy victor soko wachi you know finish always now i feel like i have to finish it for you yeah i set you i was like alley-oop absolutely um so we are back at it again on another beautiful day. And we are here with a lovely lady from Houston, Texas, down uh, to the home of Chop and Screw. Am I saying that right? Oh, yeah, you, <laughs> to the, perfect. <laughs> to the home of, of Scissor, a purple drink. You understand me? And uh, I'm excited. We actually visit Houston next week, so. I'm excited to go see what it's all about. Anyway, so welcome, Eno. Eno or Thank Eno? You. I, I, I want to say the Nigerian way, Eno. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, everybody Eno. is like this. Um, I go by both. My family, yeah. both. My friends call me both. So it's like natural. Yeah. But um, yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Like we have to Americanize our own name so other people can praise us. True. You know? That's so yeah. true. Same. Yeah, it's like part of my life. <laughs> Legit. Even my last name, because like I remember when I came, like my last name is Sado. But yeah. like we were like Tosado, Victor Tosado. And that's just sounded sounded kind of good. So I was like, all right, just rock with it. <laughs> hey, I remember the first time, bro, you came to me or like I was I was with your friends and they was like, oh yeah, do you know Victor Tosado? I said, T wait, T. <laughs> T what? My nigga Nasado. I remember my mom heard one of my friends come and she was like, wait, wait, what? Why are they calling you? <laughs> No, I feel it. I feel it. You know, my graduation, like all these, like all the white professors, when they pronounce it, like they was yeah. like, 
And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Okay. All right. Exactly. And there's nothing you can do, but you just got to roll with the punches. But it's all good. So, Eno, give us a little introduction about yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So, I'm Eno. I'm a first generation Nigerian American and I'm a Houston native. Um, I'm really passionate about storytelling and like showcasing and highlighting people's stories and their voices and making sure to amplify their creativity and their innovation. So, along with that, I'm the founder of Nijacom. And so, yeah. Nijacom. If you guys want to go follow it, man, it's Nija, N-I-A-J-A-C-O-M-M. It's a dope page, man. I'm excited. Hopefully, I'm like, man, one day, hopefully we'll get Peter one day. Of course. <laughs> one of course. day. One day, one day. <laughs> so, nah, I'm just super, it's a super cool page. I remember Emeka sent it to me, and I just like how you, like, curate, like, this Nigerian culture and, like, a space of just creatives that are Nigerian telling their stories. Cause I think, like you said, it's just amplifying voices from places that do not necessarily get to tell their stories from their perspective. So I think that's a very empowering thing. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite one was um, this dude. And I really want to meet this guy Edosa. He's the producer of uh, diaspora mm-hmm. and <laughs> the, the, the beauty of, you know, brotherhood and in the East coast and the African diaspora. And I saw that I was like, dog, like, this is amazing. Like, yeah. well, I didn't know people was out here doing this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I was just really happy and proud to just see, like, wow. Like, we're, like, the immigrant, like, the children of immigrants are growing in this American culture, but we still have our roots close to us, but we're still really proud of that. You know what I'm saying? And we want to do something to highlight that and to to to, to bring that to light. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's beautiful, man. Thank you. I love that you mentioned that. Um, One of my favorite ones was like, we did this quote for, I don't know if y'all know, but Max O'Cream, he's a Houston rapper. No, I don't know. Like, yeah, he's he's, he's really cool. Y'all can check out his music. I like his interviews. He's really down to earth and really intelligant. Mm -hmm. But Nigerian American as well. And he grew up in, um, you know, the slums of Houston. And he's not your typical Nigerian. He has the grills. He's it up. <laughs> For real? <laughs> you know, you know, like the ones that your parents would warn you about. Before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's, he's so cool. He's really cool. And like, I love how we're all so different, but we're bonded by culture. But I highlighted him on the page because Nigerians are not monolithic. Mm. Uh, we're not really, you know, as traditional as our like, you know, parents and grandparents. For sure still culturally bonded and we're still dope regardless so yeah i agree i think like you said i think there is beauty and nuance and there's beauty in that subjectivity because i i think growing up there is that sense where like there's this template and our parents had to pigeonhole us into this thing and a lot of good things come from that like nigerians are successful because of that template in a lot of spaces but like our generation is willing to take more chances we're more creative and we've just seen how some of those things are very toxic and we're willing to break the mode so i think it's beautiful that you're highlighting people like that but just to piggyback off that, so naturally, since you're like a first generation um, Nigerian American, were your parents like intentional about keeping you close to the culture or how how did that whole process work for you? Um, they weren't really like forceful or anything, considering like we do live in Houston and like yeah. it's the cities that has like the largest Nigerian population. I think New York is number one. And then I think Houston is number two. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but like everywhere we would go, like Nigerians are everywhere. And so we would go to a lot of Nigerian parties, you know, weddings, wakekeeping. So it was a part of my life since, like, you know, it wasn't anything they needed to force because it was ingrained not only in our household, but in our society. So I 
think they're really intentional with it. And even if they were, they weren't really showing it. So they, I think they did a good job. Yeah. It was almost like it was easy to, because you were just around it so much, like it was just easy for you to fall into the culture and just mm-hmm. be a part of it. Right? I think it goes back to that. It takes a village to raise a child, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when you're outside of Nigeria, but you have, you know, this community that of Nigerians, wherever you are, I still think that you can have something reminiscent to what it's like to grow up in Nigeria. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. I agree. And I, I think, Emeka, like one of the things we talked about in the episode with um, Jasmine, where it, was, it talks about like human development and conform, conformity. Mm-hmm. I think naturally when you're around other Nigerians that are naturally proud of their heritage, it just, like you said, subconsciously, it makes you want to gravitate towards that and become yeah. like that as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. So now that you've gotten older, like, how would you say you identify yourself? Like, are you, would you say you're Nigerian American or is there a difference in saying first generation Nigerian, right? Or do you identify as black? Like, cause I think for like, there's a difference in all those three things for us. Right. Um, especially being an immigrant. Um, mm-hmm. Like how would, how would you say you identify yourself? Like I'm, I feel like I'm still all of them. I feel like, I feel like I can be all of those things at the same time, but even though there are some differences, like even though I say I'm first generation Nigerian American, I'm still Nigerian right. and I'm still American. So if someone's like, oh, she's Nigerian, I'm still gonna go by that. If someone's like, oh, she's American, I'm still gonna go by that. Um, mm. I'm still gonna go by that. I'm all of these things combined. I'm very multi-hyphenate, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel any like, cause me, you know, I'm, I'm very like prideful of night, like my mm-hmm. culture, I'm very like, don't fuck with Nigeria, man. Don't like, I got to the guy lies. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the Trump supporters of Nigeria, man. Very. Like, you know what I'm <laughs> the saying? The nationalistic like, ones like, and that, shit. Like, that's like that. You know what I'm saying? So is it like that for you? Like, do you have that pride too? Or is it just like, it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm Nigerian and American. I'm both. I'm more so like, I'm more so prideful with the Nigerian part. I don't really, the American part is not really anything to really be proud of. <laughs> so I go with the Nigerian part for sure. Ooh, that's that was a loaded one. So <laughs> we can't just skip over that because I see both of our eyes were like, okay, she's not watering it down. I like it. I she's like not. It. I love it. I love it. So with the heat, why why aren't you so proud of like the American side? Just from your perspective, because I I have my reasoning behind my theology as well. Yeah, I just feel like you know. Like even abroad, people used to like really highlight America as like, oh, the number one country in the world. You go here for opportunity and it does have a lot of opportunities. But like, let's let's not act like, you know, this place is not ghetto. It really is mm. like, it's not as clear as day. <laughs> it's not as clear as day as everybody like pictures it to be. And like, I just think it's, I feel like it's, it's more pride in being a part of all these other countries than being American. Being American is really not all that's really cracked up to be, you know, all mm. of us, we all immigrated here. Like our parents, you know, grandparents, all that For sure. bring the culture here. But like, it's, you know, it's because of us that this place really thrives. But mm. I feel like it's because of, you know, other, other people that it yeah. really is, you know, suffering. And I'm not going to, I'm not blaming all white people, whatever, just the, yeah. the premises, but yeah. Yeah. Just like the history and like, I, I agree, like even with like foreign policy and everything that goes into that, just how mm-hmm. like sometimes America is very, well, not sometimes, historically America is very imperialistic. Mm-hmm. And and like like you said, I'm happy that I have a lot of opportunities here and I'm, I'm thankful for this country. But like, I think that when we have conversations like that, we need to speak about it in totality. And I think a lot of Americans don't. 
And when you speak out like that, it's kind of like people are like, oh, you should get out the country. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what, what type of reasoning is that? Exactly. And um, and I think James Baldwin had a phenomenal quote. It was like, I love America so much. And because I love America so much, that's why I criticize it the most. So I think there's there's beauty in that to be able to see things and remove mm-hmm. the veil from your eyes, because a, a lot of Americans can't see that. Like just yeah. having conversations with people is just like, wait, what? You, you really think America is like. <laughs> God's gift to earth or something like that. You know what I mean? So, And it's me and Victor talked about this on one of our episodes. It was like when we first, like first moved here, we would think America, like, like nobody, nobody shit stink. Like I, like I felt like everybody's shit was filled with like glitter and gold, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like nobody's suffering. Like America is just the land of milk and honey. And when you come to America, everything is going to be great. You know, yeah. and then I come to America and I see our people like literally working all day and night yeah. just to yeah. send half of the money back home to Nigeria. You know what I'm saying? And then like yeah. people at home are like, uncle, bro, that's that. <laughs> they think <laughs> you're a millionaire, fam. Mm-hmm. They would think you, I mean, technically, technically, in comparison, relatively, if you convert the dollars, yeah, you're technically a millionaire. But still, it's not, it's not what it's all cracked up to be. Right. For sure. Um, yeah, I agree. And especially like there's a lot of places in America that's still suffering. Like even in Flint, there's not clean water over there. Sure. And we're the greatest country in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. It's I, agree. Like, I, I was having a conversation. I'm in a group chat, a very um very interesting group chat. It's um super cool. It's um it's like our football league. What do you call it? Fantasy football. Fantasy football. So one of a couple of my best friends are like Jake and a couple of my other friends. So it's a very like multiracial group. So it's like a like four white guys, four black guys, and we yeah. all have very different political views. Like, it's just like mm-hmm. everyone's throwing, everyone's just like debating and stuff. And that was one of the biggest things. It was like, I was trying to say like, America, like the whole concept of being the greatest country in the world, doesn't like, there's no metric that quantifies that. Like, yeah. in the sense of like, like if you look at economic um, mobility, America's not number one, it's like 23rd or something like that. If you yeah. look at like every other thing, there's like not one thing where America is like, okay, we're, this is why we're the best country in the world. So like, we need to unpack that statement because I feel like that's just marketing. And historically, when you look at the marketing of America, it's the same marketing that made people think black people were animals and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. I think we need to question all these like yeah. belief systems and things they tell us and in, in yeah. schools and all that, like all those rhetorics. They, they can be very dangerous, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Think about it, though. It's, it's really hard to quantify like who's the best country. Exactly. Because if you yeah. look at it, America, you could say America is the best country because they may have like the strongest military, right? And yeah. stuff like that. But, and because they can use like the most force and actually like dominant and like, you know what I'm saying? Like makes it happen. Yeah. But, but like you said, like when you take all the other factors into place, like it's not, it's not really as high as, as you think, you For know? Sure. So it really, really makes you like question, hmm, like what is this really? And, yeah. and it makes you understand like America is, just any other it's basically just any other country just a little bit better policies when it comes to like certain things and just mm-hmm. a little bit more freedom right compared to the rest of the world which yeah. gives you more of an opportunity to like thrive a little better here mm-hmm. than you would in in most countries in the world right so it's like take the good with the bad in a way like, for what, sure most definitely, mm-hmm. most definitely. like eat the meat spit out the bone kind of thing that's how I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, have you been back to Nigeria? Yeah. yeah. Um. So the first time I went was look, like when I was like nine or ten, 
And so basically we were visiting like our grandparents and, you know, um, our other relatives. And it was it was quite a humbling experience. I'm not going to lie. We didn't go to the city. We went straight to the village. And so. Oh, shit. Yeah. This is your first time. <laughs> we didn't transition. Huh? This is your first time. Yes. They didn't even yes. warm you up. They just they didn't warm you up. Guy. They threw it to the We pit. went straight. <laughs> I was just oh, like, no. we went there and I'm like, okay, this obviously like I'm looking, I'm like, okay, this is different for sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. you know, grass at the time. And at the time, like there was no Wi-Fi, like, yeah. like running faucet water, the running shower head and all that. It was everything. You were in trenches. And I'm just like, what like this is a whole different world and like for me it wasn't like i didn't feel like i was in danger or anything because i'm with my family mm-hmm. like i think i realized at the time that um it was a def- definitely a complete different experience in how i was living here where like i have i can turn on the tv and have wi-fi mm-hmm. all that stuff you know we have ac running yeah. but over there it was it was a completely different ball game and like for me it wasn't really i didn't really mind you know, hand washing laundry with my hands and everything like <laughs> Kid, you're like, okay, this is yeah. trying new things. But the only thing I couldn't like handle was like, I don't know about y'all, but I like to sleep with AC running. Like I like circulation. Yeah. There was no AC. So yeah. in heat and I'm sweating <laughs> <in> my sleep. <laughs> that was that is that's tragic. Like you oh, suffering. That is suffering. This so yeah, it was it was very humbling, but at the same time it taught me how to be very compassionate and I think mm. First time I realized I really wanted to help other people and really focus on different stories. So yeah, yeah. Mm, that's powerful. That's powerful, and <laughs> that's crazy because like naturally, when you take like a child back or a person back, you take them to the city, for sure, you acclimated to like the way of living. They just threw you like back in the hood. Really? Like, oh my god! <laughs> that's and crazy. and yeah, that's like crazy. going like thirty years back in time. Literally, like it's literally like going back in time. So that's. It's a very sobering thing, but like you said, there's a lot of good things to to learn from being in those spaces because you can see how people do so much with so little and mm-hmm. how just happy they are. Like, like I was, I remember last time I went, I went to the village and just like I was just observing things and I'm like, damn, people like they really don't got nothing now. People are living off less than probably ten dollars a day out there, mm-hmm. and they're just ha- and they're just happy. They're just chilling. Everyone's outside playing. Everyone's like sleeping together. Everyone's eating together. And there's that communal like beauty there. But like you said, there is still that like struggle where like when my dad's like, um, when my dad's like, Victor, we got to go to the village for Christmas. I'm like, nah, you go into the village for Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, just cause no, like there's no, like, it's just like, it's just a different experience in a sense. And I feel like a fraud cause this podcast is called Village Boys and I'm telling my dad, nah, I ain't going, but just to keep it honest. <laughs> yeah. I think the older I get, I think the older I get, the more I want to visit more villages and live like a more chill, mm-hmm. you know. Like I think I could live in a village for. I can. I can do a month. I can start with a month. Without AC, fam, I could I chill can, with AC. I, I can start. With, yeah. I can start with a month, but after a month, so I, it's it's like a gradual. You know what I'm saying? Sure, like I'm not gonna come sure. out here and say, "Oh, I can go back to the village and." and uh, mm-hmm. Even nice. that month is crazy. Wow. You know, like like yeah. I feel like two weeks starting off is ideal. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. There's just to me, there's it's just something beautiful about working the land, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of tribes in, in, in Africa are agrarian, like they're it's it, agriculture is a way of life for a lot of the population, right? And I just think there's mm-hmm. such a deep wisdom in 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 farming, right? In agriculture, in you know, cultivating 
the land and harvesting and things like that and, and mm-hmm. working with uh, uh, the weather and nature and things like that. And sure. I don't know, like it's, it's just something about that. And, and then like communing with people, like you are literally in your humanistic element. Right. Yeah. And and so it, it really brings you down to where to where you're just like, wow, like all this stuff that we can worry about and, and, and that we think are really important at the end of the day, it's not as important as we think. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 something spiritual about that. I don't know what it is, man, but <laughs> yeah, I, I want to experience that, you know? For sure, for sure. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I think what, yeah, go ahead. I was about to say I think minimalism is a good thing, naturally, like you said when we're inundated with so much materialism and hedonism, like we feel like that's all there is to life. And like you said, when you go to a space like that, that just kind of sheds all, sheds that all away. Mm-hmm. It really makes you sit down and actually see who you really are. Like, what are my, what are my morals? What are my, what's my ethos and things of that nature. So it's, mm-hmm. it really does open your eyes and stuff. So. Right. So I'm curious, you know, like, how did you adapt? Like, 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 tell me like, cause you went from sleeping in the AC to no AC and you went from, <laughs> city life and electricity to none so like what would you say was that process for you to like adapt and be like damn like what did you do differently i'm curious yeah like for some reason i really wasn't like miserable like looking back at it like i feel like a lot of kids would not like that (laughs) at all but for me i think i have the family i have they're really like they're really dope like they're crazy but they they're really they're really chill so like hanging out with my grandma and stuff like that that and doing everything with her and like helping her it wasn't like it wasn't it didn't really feel like it was any different than over here where I would help help my mom cook and all that stuff so it was like okay I'm just helping my grandmother um but like it's just it's just hot as hell you know and there's no AC like it's hot in Texas but we had AC to like right 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 right? but over there it's just like okay it's really hot for me that's the only thing I just could not bear but everything else it was easy for me to adapt to because um, just helping my family around the house, it was like no different from doing it here. So, yeah. yeah. Did you get to go to like, like, so did you spend all your time in the village or did you go to the city as well? And like, what was that? Like, what, what was your experience like in the city as well? Mm-hmm. It was only like a few times though. We spent more time in the village than the city, which is crazy. T- till this day, I just think that's yeah. really crazy. Like, <laughs> go to the store and th- that was just it. Like, we, we could have just stayed in the city and vi- visit the village once yeah. in a while. Oh, well, like, no. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, no, we flipping it. But yeah, yeah. But, so we would just occasionally go to the go to stores and stuff like that and then go back to the village. So. Uh, what were you at? Like what part? Ooh, it was like, um, it was where? Hecate. Oh, uh, okay. We're from a Bum. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're a Bum. Yeah. For real? I'm right here. <laughs> Why not think you both? Nah, I feel, I get that a lot kind of similar. Yeah. Huh? Y'all language is tough, man. I quiet boom. Yeah. It's like it's like singing a song. <laughs> yeah, America used to growing up. America used to say that to me. I'm like, what is this? Dude talking about? <laughs> but over here we have a lot of Igbo, so it's like really easy for people to think I'm Igbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nah, damn. <laughs> um, so my mom is actually Kalbach, so. She, oh really? Yeah, yeah. So she speaks. Okay. She speaks ethnic. She speaks Kalabai. So, do you speak? Do you speak it? No, I understand like a little bit, but I don't be speaking it. Like my mom will speak it to me, and I just reply to her. 
English. I'll just really? nod at her or I'll just like nod, like, you know? So yeah. my mom, she used to travel a lot in Nigeria. So she she like she speak she would hang out with like Yerubas and all that stuff. So she like got accustomed to their languages. So she's the only one who's like really what, like bilingual, trilingual, like yeah. over here, not, not bilingual, none of that. Yeah. That's crazy. That's that's my mom too. She she's bilingual. Well, mm-hmm. she's she's a polymath. Not polymath, but she's um she speaks multiple languages. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a talent though. You said what? That's a talent and a skill. That's freaking, yeah, talent. it's wild. The freaking talent, and I think Victor's mom speaks like. Yeah, wild. my mom can speak like Yoruba mm-hmm. fluently. Like you think she's Yoruba, she can speak Hausa mm-hmm. fluently. Basanga, I think she can understand Igbo too. Yeah, I think she speaks Igbo. Yeah, I think she speaks Igbo. My mom can speak everything. I think our parents. <laughs> I think our parents just like, I guess they like valued that a lot more. And also I think growing up, they grew up in villages and they moved around a little bit yeah. more than we did. So like, they just got to experience different things. Cause I think my mom grew up in the North and went to the South. Like she was just moving around. So she learned it at a young age. Yeah. Wow. Right. Man, it really could be cousin, yo. <laughs> mom's side, I swear. <laughs> For real. That's crazy. Do you, do you, do you cook any like, how about food? Like, um, what's the name of it? Um, Afan. Yeah, with my sister, we do it together. For real? Yeah, I can't, I can't do that all by myself because it takes time. You gotta stand up for a while, so we we collaborate. (laughs) Damn, that's really cool. Damn, we really could be cousins, yo. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. All right, so coming up, we are gonna get into the creation of her brand, Nigel.com, the inspiration behind that. And we're gonna end it with a very, very interesting question. I want y'all to make sure you listen to that because it's a really interesting question with even more interesting answers. By the way, if you wanna know who this is, this is Carrie Washington that you're listening to. She is phenomenal. Go check her out on YouTube, iTunes, and all that. But if you want to listen to this specific song, go on YouTube and type in Carrie Washington and then click on, it's called The Hum, live at 8 o'clock featuring Carrie Washington. You're not going to be disappointed, I promise you. So so you said, um, like, going to the village was a big thing for you to, like, amplify voices. So was that how you pivoted and started, like, 9 Or, like, tell us the, how that process came together. Oh, no. Like that was I think at that time, that's when I knew I wanted to be in a creative field. Like, okay. you know, I wasn't because. OK, let me let me take it back. Like, you know, a lot of our parents want us to be like doctors, lawyers. Yeah. Parents, you yeah. know, all that stuff. But um, I think at a young age, I knew like this wasn't about to be me. <laughs> <laughs> at a young um, age, how young? I probably like when I was like, hmm, probably like 11, 12. Like, sure. I knew yeah. it, it ain't happening. I told, I told my mom I was going to be always been. You said what? I told my mom I was going to be a pastor when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing in tongs. I was because <laughs> it was like one, one time a snake came to our house, bro, and I just started. Like, go spy. Go, go punch. <laughs> uh, uh. I told my mom I was like I'm going to be a pastor one day, and then now I have a podcast. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, like, preaching. You're preaching the gospel on here, right? Anyway, sure. see different That's types cool of gospels, fam. Right <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, like I, I knew um, I was going to do something creative. I just didn't know what it was. But like, I remember the first thing I told my parents what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an artist, right? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, when you're a kid, your parents don't really take you seriously. They're like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But as you get older, they're like, okay, stop that nonsense. Like, yeah. you're not doing that. 
Like that's not that's right. <laughs> so then um I wanted I got interested in graphic design. So that's like, you know, visual art in my opinion. And so I'm like, okay, digital, I can do that, right? And then once you once I got to college, um a lot of people, even friends were like, Oh, I don't think that's gonna make, you know, a lot of money, you know? Yeah. I'm like, you right. Okay, that's about to be just my and so then I transitioned to marketing, advertising, all that stuff. And then I found like public relations, which is something um, I really love. So it's connecting all of my passions, like graphic design, communications, you know, all that stuff together. And so that's what I majored in. And then I was looking for like an online community of Nigerians in PR because um, for, for people who don't know, public relations is predominantly white. And so less than 20% of that industry is made up for people of color. And then black people make up like 8%. And so within that, it's a smaller percentage of like Nigerians and stuff like mm. that. In classes, um, I would see like one or two and then like a sea full of like, you know, Hispanics and Asians because my college was predominantly Hispanic and Asian. So mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, because yeah, we're in Houston. So it's a whole different breed. I'm telling you when you come here, it's a whole different breed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, and so, you said what? I said, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, everybody's cool here. We're really well blended. Like you got the white people who are like, they... They eat tacos, jollof rice. Everybody's really blended. And so you can't really, people don't really get culture shocked here because it, we're all really immersed in each oh, other. Oh, wow. So, but That's everybody beautiful. knows their boundaries, of course. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But anyways, um, I was trying to find an online community of Nigerians in PR because I wasn't really seeing that in classes and all that stuff. So I tried looking it up. I found like one page that was like Nigerian women in PR, but like, I think it was founded by like a Nigerian in, um, Nigeria, but like they were created in 2017. They had like 200 followers. Their content was really like bland. It wasn't doing nothing for me. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, and they barely posted. So I'm like, okay, this this really isn't it. But like, where's the Nigerian men and Nigerian women in PR? Where's that mm-hmm. at here? So I'm like, okay, what about like Nigerians and communications? I wasn't seeing it. I'm like, okay, what about all the other overlooked fields that Nigerians are in? Because if you look up Nigerians in medicine, there's pages for that. Oh my God. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Of course, like of it's course. It. yeah, and so I was just like, okay, so about Nigerians and construction management or stuff like that, you know, and so I wasn't, I didn't find that, and then for some reason, I don't know, I had this urge to create the space to connect everybody who's an overlooked mm-hmm. career field in our community. I don't know why, I just had that urge, and so it it just sort of happened, <laughs> and okay. I'll be here, but um, it's crazy. Yeah. I Great wasn't content. really interested. Oh, you said what? It's really good content. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I'll try my best, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's so now we're here. I really didn't see myself. I never really had the desire of creating like a community organization. Like for me, I, I have no desire of entrepreneurship at all, even though I had, you know, family members and friends who are entrepreneurs. But um, I think for me, I really wanted to create a space to showcase careers we haven't really been accustomed to. And so that's why I launched it. So. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super awesome. So, your page and your brand came from like a genuine need that wasn't there at all, right? Like there was no community like in your in the spaces that you were looking at. So you was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it." I love it for sure. That's kind of how it was. Like it was us too. It was just like, dog, like who is talking about like the the relationship between like black people everywhere. Right. True. I couldn't find too many people. I mean, now I'm finding more people. But first I was like, I don't really know nobody who's talking about it. So I told him, I was like, let's start it. And then we, yeah. You know, <laughs> now we're here. 
Yeah, that's just the beauty of it, right? Which is yeah. Cool. But yeah, like your page is like, it's super cool. Also, it just like draws you in. Like, I don't know. It's like, it does, it has this like, yeah, I guess it's like the, it. the <laughs> content, the, the look. I like the way she flexed yeah. on the other page too. She was like, it wasn't doing nothing for me. So she was like, I'm gonna level up on them. <laughs> like I'm gonna level up on them. But um, yeah, it's just like your page is super cool. It's like easy on the eye and like, it just draws you in. The content is like very informational, but it's also very lighthearted as well. It's not like, it's not like you're reading a news blog or something. It's like, it's mm-hmm. catchy, so. Mm-hmm. And, and and how um, you, it sounds like you you do a lot of lives too, right? Like, like how are you, like Instagram lives? So is that is that part of like the way that you were able to grow your page and actually like reach out to, to people? Cause, cause our, our market in a way is, is pretty niche, right? It's, it's actually extremely niche. And so like, you, you have to be really good at your marketing, right? So, how were you able to actually target and reach out to like a lot of people? Um, yeah. In, in um, <clears throat> so for, oh, wait, go ahead. No, go ahead. It was, how do we able to reach out to, to, to people in that space? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like for me, um, I think it's because like in college I had a, I majored in PR and I minored in marketing. So like I learned a lot about like marketing in there, but obviously like they don't teach you how to like market to community organizations online. Like they don't do all that. Um, I think for me, I just combined all of that. And also I was a part of a lot of different organizations that were community-based, like Black Girls Graduate. I'm like the digital coordinator for that for them. Um, I'm a digital for the Creative Collective NYC. They're like the founders of CultureCon. And so it's like a big conference for creatives of color, which y'all should attend because it's happening today and tomorrow. Anyway, shameless plug, but yeah. Is it, can <laughs> but so, so what? Can you stream it? Oh, like it's like you can go like CultureCon at home and it's like it's free because their sponsors paid for it. So oh. first time that's ever happened. So I would definitely take advantage of that. But it's really cool. And like their guest speakers are like Naomi Campbell, Bill Porter. And then you also have like, you know, people who are in the community that have like, you know, their upcoming brands and stuff like that. So it's really, it's really dope. I love that. So I get to be a part of that, that, you know, beautiful creation. And so, yeah, so I learned through them and all these other organizations how they you know, market to other people, but like I had to like figure out how to do it for Nigerians because obviously everybody's different. Marketing to black women is different from marketing to like Nigerians, it's a whole different mm-hmm. thing. Um, and same with like if they're marketing to people of color, like, you know, everybody's different. So I had to figure out how to target only Nigerians. And so obviously being a Nigerian and being immersed in like, you know, Nigerian culture, you know what Nigerians like to see and like you know, what, like what happens in our community. And I knew that, you know, not only to create a space that like celebrates and uplifts, you know, Nigerians in overlooked career fields, but also I realized that we are also challenging a stigma as well, like a career stigma. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a huge weight. And so I'm like, okay, how can I really, you know, like bring this together and like disperse it to our community in a digestible way. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm going to like feature people, you know, um, who are in creative fields and doing creative things. And so I'm like gonna reach out to them and then, you know, um, so it's really not that complex, honestly, it's really simple. Um, I guess I just do it in a creative way that everybody can like enjoy. Yeah, I I love that, right? Cause when it comes to like our brand, I'm I'm more of like the guy who's like in the marketing space. So um, I'm like, this is really great. And and for me, sometimes it's hard because I'm not in a space, directly in a space, where there's a lot of Nigerians our age trying to do something like massive, you know? And so in, in Tennessee, I would argue like it's a lot of either medical students or like Nigerian parents, 
for like, sure or like like f like fresh off the boats nigerians you know yeah. mm -hmm. who come and they just want to go straight to work right yeah so it's kind of hard to market to those people because they may not really be they got the time for it here yeah to like yeah. Listen to what we gotta talk about so now i'm really that's why i'm also excited to network in houston because it's like how do we target like people in the diaspora and not just people in the diaspora, but people in that in the diaspora who care to learn about mm. diaspora, <laughs> you sure. know, of course, yeah. like yeah. this small, like, it's like you have already this small niche and then you have to like, like, it's hard <laughs> more, you know, so it makes you mm -hmm. extremely specific. Yeah, like growing NC um, in the beginning, it was kind of difficult because it's just like, okay, where do I find all these creatives? Because I can barely find it in real life. How am I going to find it online? Because it was yeah a page like this so for me it's like okay what are the, who are the creatives i know and then like once they found out about nc it was a whole lot of word of mouth mm -hmm. and now like one creative led to another and so i would meet more nigerian creatives in like through the organization that i was a part of so i'm like okay mm -hmm. you know collaborate with this person collaborate with that one collaboration is very much key. collaboration yes it mm -hmm. is key partnerships yeah. are key and so um connecting with a whole lot of other brands and a whole lot of other people within our community definitely Helps. Like there used to be this brand, it's it's um it no longer exists, but it used to be called like Native Pekin. And it was it was created by um Osasu, who he's I think he's in New York, yeah. but yeah, he no longer has that, but um that's a different story. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so he would sell clothing, you know, in the diaspora, but like you know, different sweatshirts with you know different um countries like Congo, yeah. Nigeria, da da da. Mm. So I would collaborate with him to do like giveaways in like December, and so that connected our our following so like more people for sure you know and see and then and see got introduced to them and so yeah it was something really cool wow you should check out this brand called pigeon english i, think. I heard of it by um oh gosh he's a part of the tribe guy or something like that right mm -hmm. so our friend so mm -hmm. to me he was on our podcast on our first season our second episode mm -hmm. i think it's his cousin that owns that brand i think or somebody really close to him that owns that brand because we yeah. have a tribe shirt that we wear, mm -hmm. right? So it was made by him. And he oh, makes wait, I think I confused it. I think I confused the, um, I don't know if you, One Tribe Magazine, I think I confused that with the- um, Oh, Chase in English. Like Tribe Official or something? No, 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 no. This one is like, it's just called Tribe. Like- Oh, that's, okay. That's that's like the, well, that's Tamane, my friend, that's his brand. But, um, but it was done by this guy who owns this thing called Pigeon English. It's a clothing brand mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. has Pigeon English and his designs are, impeccable like he has like the one of them he has shorts and like one of the shorts has like the nigerian crest on it and like the way he designed it i was like this is nasty yeah. like and cool. and I'm, I'm gonna get some stuff but he he has a really good brand so i i can send you i definitely send you his page but Please even do. the charlie boys too like the we had boys too yeah. emmanuel one of like he's a Ghanaian dude and he makes like really really cool shirts i think one of us mm -hmm. one of his shirts says like we yeah come we, home something we, like that we leave to feed uh, we leave home to feed home yeah we leave home, to feed home yeah super deep and he did our like village boys hoodie and like you could get like different patches like nigerian flag Ghanaian flag congo flag mm -hmm. so there's a lot of cool africans doing cool things and yeah. like just to go back to your point of collaboration i think it's cool because like just like talking to you it seems like you're doing it from like a very like just like a humble place it's not like from a contrived place or where you're, you're trying to get something out of somebody you just collaborating with because you actually appreciate the person but also you appreciate the brand as well because i think sometimes we're like networking and like collaboration people have this like very selfish yeah. way of coming into that space where it's kind of mm -hmm. like 
uh, I don't really care about your shit. I'm just trying yeah. to like piggyback off that. You know what I mean? And they don't really appreciate you as a person and appreciate your brand holistically. So for me, I'm not, I'm not the type mechanism. I'm not the type to like just do yeah. something because it makes money. You know what I mean? So it has mm-hmm. to really, the connection and that bond really has to be there for me. Yeah, has to. Be. Yeah, no, I feel that. I'm glad you said that because um, I realized, you know, like when I was creating NC, I, was, I noticed that there are like two other um, Nigerian owned pages that were really like community based, like Naija made. I love them. Yeah. I, I don't know if you, I'm pretty sure everybody knows, you know, Naija made. So I, I love support I them. I don't think I know that. What were they called? It's N-A-I-J-A space M-A-D-E. Interesting. Okay. I've never heard of it. No, I've never heard really? of it. Really? Yeah. What? Well, Houston must be a different world, man. Like Houston is a different world. I got like, a different Instagram out there or something. No, this is like I think they're based in like um DC, I think. I don't know, but oh, they okay. the OGs. Remember like, like Remember, mm-hmm. we're in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I forgot. But We're you, around the Karens. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But like, yeah, no, like I, they were like the first, I think, Nigerian-owned community page. They like uplift like Nigerians in all career fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, you know, I love, I love what they got to do, what they got going on. Um, So that's different with NC, but like they repost our content, they follow us and I follow them, I repost their content. And so, yeah, I just, I, I love them. But yeah, I noticed back what, Piggybacking off what you said, Vic, you notice different people in their intentions. Like there's one Nigerian page. I'm not going to call them out. I'm not going yeah. <laughs> to. You can tell. You can tell that they ha- they're moving with such greedy intentions and that you can mm. tell they're not really for the community, but they want to get something out of that. For sure. It's really easy to spot. And I feel like when something like how y'all own Village Boys, you can tell from a founder's perspective when people are moving you know, with their brand, you can tell when people are moving genuinely and when they're not. Mm-hmm. So that's something I, I caught on real quickly. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, got, you can feel the texture of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to, right? Cause, cause I mean, in this world, it's a lot of snakes in this world, you know? And that's one thing school doesn't really teach us is how to spot snakes versus like, you know, good people, you know, doves mm-hmm. and stuff. So, you know, I think, I think. Say doves? Thing. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm gentle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know how you got there, but keep going, fam. Keep going. You know what I'm saying? Um, and yes, yeah, so I think it's important. I think I, th- I think it's extremely important for that. So um, I commend you. I commend you for for obviously having street smarts for sure, right? And I think yes. and I think that's something because you mentioned you're an introvert, and I think that that's something that as an introvert, like it, you you just because you sit back and you just to yourself, you get to observe so much. Mm, that's true. You, <laughs> you know, and you're just able true. to spot different patterns. Like mm, I see. Seat, you know, yeah, it's like I see I'm behind, I'm over here, but I see, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Has has it been hard? Like, like Omega said, you said you're an introvert when you're in a space where you're like building your brand and you're having to put yourself out there a little bit. Has that been challenging for you from like a personal perspective? Not even like with business, just from like a personal perspective. Um, yeah, it's kind of been challenging. I'm not gonna lie, I'm like, I'm one of those introverts, I'm really good at pretending to be an extrovert. I'm one of those. I was about to say that too. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Um, but it's something I had to really adapt to and I had to adapt to putting every all of my business out on the front lines, which is something I'm not used to. I like to move yeah. silence and I like to be behind the scenes. Um, I think, you know, talking to different people in my life, they're like, you got you gotta say something, you gotta like talk about it on your page. You can't just hide behind your brand forever, you know? Mm-hmm can but you're not gonna go you're not gonna get far like just imagine like the ceo of google hiding behind his brand and never stepping out like yeah. people anyways 
and like they're gonna want to know they're gonna have all these perceptions of you and all these things and all these questions so like it's it, it's gonna benefit you more and your brand to be on the front and not only that it's gonna like you know encourage more growth too because you know if you keep on talking about your brand and being out there and communicating with everybody it's gonna travel more and more and people are gonna be like oh what's this oh this is this oh did you have you heard about that like it helps with word of mouth marketing and stuff like that mm-hmm. i have to adapt to it and um so yeah, it's, it's been it's been challenging, and I'm still trying to adapt. Um, you know, because like public speaking and being in front of cameras, like what I'm doing right now, it makes me nervous. But like, um, I get it. It's something. You said what? I get it. Me and Vic last year before like our first season. Yeah. I don't know about him, but every before every episode, I was nervous as shit. I was like, <laughs> gosh, I'm like, I'm feel. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. It's it's a very challenging thing. It really is. <laughs> like and like I think. Me and Emeka, I don't even know what I, I don't, like. Emeka, I feel like you're an introvert, extrovert as well. I'm, I'm more of an introvert. I'm more of an introvert. Right? Yeah, I think I'm. I'm similar in that you're, sense too. Hell no, you're not. You are an extrovert, bro. I am an introvert. I really you are am. an extrovert. It depends bro. on the space I'm in. If I'm no, at a club, I'm extrovert. literally an. You are literally an extrovert. What are you talking about? You talk to more people than I do, bro. What? <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm going to skip over that. But it, <laughs> it is a very challenging thing because I remember like when we were about to put out the podcast, I remember oh, how nervous gosh. I was. And even to this day, sometimes we're about to post something and I, I feel like a little like it's just like a little fear. And I'm not, like, yeah. I'm not like a really fearful person. Like, I don't mind putting myself out there. I'm a very opinionated person. But even from my, pers- my personality, I still had like a little bit of drawback of like, uh, I don't know if I should post this. So yeah. I think it's a natural human response and it's probably more amplified coming from like an introvert perspective. So that's why I wanted to hear your perspective on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's still something I'm trying to adapt to. And like, not that, you know, people, they want to know, like, not only like, what is your brand doing? What is it about? But they also want to know who's running the brand. Cause mm-hmm. especially today, they want to know your values, what you stand for and all that. For sure like more people are going to be in your business and watching you and DMing you with questions. And Okay. Sorry. I got to be out more. I got to answer these questions. You know, I got to be that person. And so I try not to do it all the time for the sake of my comfort, mm-hmm. but, so, but occasionally I'll step out of my comfort zone just to, you know, do what I got to do. But yeah. yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm extremely private. And it's like, how do you run yeah. and, and be private at the same time? Like it, that is true. That's true. Like, how does that work? You know? So, but I think there's always a balance within that. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not here to put all my business. Like it's not me, you know? So, yeah. but, but I think that, you know, cause, cause, cause I think I read something on Twitter where it says one of the last luxuries, like it's a luxury to be private these days, mm-hmm. like an actual luxury with the way like everybody's just posting everything about everything, you know? And and so like I really want to keep that because you know and, and I was watching the show and it was it was a show called Billions and there was a scene where you know they were talking to this guy who was working really hard really really invested in his job he was a prosecutor he was really invested in getting bad guys and one of his bosses was like look give ninety percent of you to the job but keep a little bit to yourself keep at least ten percent to yourself. Sure you don't ever want to give all of yourself to just one thing, right? Cause what do you have sure. to, right? Cause if you give everything, you have nothing to keep and you've lost yourself, you know, and then you're going to have to do it. So I always keep those, those in mind and make sure like, Hey, whatever I do, I want to at least keep a little bit to me for, for myself. Right. Um, yeah, I feel that. So last question. 
since you love to amplify stories and, 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 and celebrate people, if you were to have, if you're at a dinner party and you have five guests dead or alive, who would they be? Ooh, okay. So I got to start it off with, um, my number one is going to be Issa Rae. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'm you know Issa? No, oh no, I do not. I want to. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying Victor. You know Issa Rae? Yeah, of course. Oh. <laughs> you think I live on a, a rock or something, fam? You was looking confused. I was like, wait. No, I said a queen. A queen. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I didn't hear I love her. Insecure is everything for me, but, um, just like her come up story, I don't know if y'all know her story, but like she's on YouTube, right? Awkward, yeah, awkward back black girl on YouTube, and then you know it got picked up by um what's it called HBO mm-hmm. and gave her own show, and now she got a um I think this year announced she got an eight million dollar deal with Warner to mm-hmm. produce more content, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. like I just she's one of those people I want to see her win all day every day, and I awesome. amazing creator. She's very genuine. So, you can you can feel it. Very very, and I just love that, and so she's my number one. And so, it's dope. Two would be, ooh, Jordan Peele. Oh, Jordan Peele, he's oh. creative. Oh. He's a very Jordan creative. Oh, you onto something. <laughs> oh, that's Jordan a great Peele. one. Yes. Wait, you Jordan had to Peele like now or Jordan Peele like back then? Ooh, okay. Are you talking about like Key and Peele Dale days? Yeah, versus like us and like Get Out, Jordan Peele. Dang, that's hard to. I, I like both. Been that, but I think yeah. It's, you I need can't, both, I can't choose. I like both. You need comedy and you need like like confront like real life problems as well. Dude, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, <laughs> that balance. Yeah. I want the dark peel. I want that nigga. Like I wanna I wanna sit down and understand, like, bro, how do you get so dark, bro? You know, exactly. Like, I yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But, it's crazy. It's like you have to really sit back and think like the type of person to think of things like get out us to be behind the scenes of um lovecraft i don't know if y'all seen Lovecraft. yes yes, yes. that hits differently <laughs> that's mind blowing like <laughs> psychologically it's like what that's yes yes it's, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. i'm excited like that's like you for me it's just it blows my mind because i haven't really seen anything like that with someone who combines not only horror but like they include microaggressions and like historical references like that's yes. Of like creative genius. Yes, for sure. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's invited to a dinner party, the cookout, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then who else? The third one would be Yara Shahidi. I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah. Um, from Blackish, Grownish. Yeah. Okay. All that she's stuff. gorgeous. Yeah, she's she gorgeous. is. Yes. She's, she's gorgeous. She is, yeah. and she's a beautiful person inside yeah. out. Like, so like the she gives such like insightful like. Like she says insightful shit, and she's just so like genuine and like yeah. I love her aura. So yeah, she- I was about to say she has this very peaceful aura, but yes. also she has this aura where she she's not with the bullshit either. <laughs> That's the vibe I get. Where it's like you like she knows what she's about. You know what I mean? So for sure, very, she's, for sure. she's she's on she's on my like she's yeah she's she's one of those. Yeah, she's one okay. Of I those. couldn't say what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you can't. I know what she's about to say, bro. Nah, what she's, you to say? Nah, I'm just saying like she's like if my if my mother said she needs to marry somebody right now. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. <laughs> nah, I love that. No, be for real. No, for she's amazing. She's amazing. For so, sure. I would definitely attend y'all's wedding. She's amazing. <laughs> Hope she hears she hears this. <laughs> I'll let her know. Okay. But anyways, um, one person would be 
Who, ooh, I don't know. Y'all probably haven't heard of her. She's not like a, a big time celebrity, but um, her name is like Bozma St. John. She's like the first black woman CMO at Netflix. Um, she used to work at Uber, um, Pepsi, and then Apple, I think, Apple Music or something like that. But um, I like her because she's very authentic. Um, she's not afraid to be unapologetically herself, especially in a corporate world where it's predominantly white, especially mm-hmm. predominantly white male. So she's not afraid to show up to meetings in her bright uh, pink blazer with glitter on it. Like she's not, she's one of those people, she'll show up as herself. And I just really like that. So she's my number four. And then number five would be Whitney Houston. I just I don't know her aura. I love her in general. Cool. So, yeah. Yo, that's, that's, that's a powerful a dope list. That yeah. was a really dope list. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I wanna know y'all. Tell me y'all. Um, I gotta think about that. <laughs> I would say number one has to be Pablo Escobar, right? Damn. Um, yeah. You're trying to sell crack? Yeah, got it. Pablo. <laughs> it has to be Pablo Escobar. Um, number two. Um, dead or alive, I'll say Ronaldino. Yeah. Maybe then come back to that. N- number two, okay, Denzel Washington for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Denzel, he's yeah. Um, number three, recently, I'll say via Viola Davis. Ooh. Yeah, recently yeah. I said yes. Recently. I like that. She's 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 blessed. She's talented. Yeah. <laughs> she is Very. unbelievably talented. Mm-hmm. Um number that was two. I think that was no four or five. Three let's count. Three. So Pablo, Denzel, Viola. Um I would say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Like <laughs> after this after this last episode, I wanna say Malcolm X. We just did that. Ooh, yeah. I'm really fascinated with them. And I think recently as well, um recently I wanna say I forgot his name, but but the commander who uh who led the Biafra war, like fr- from Biafra oh, yeah. against Nigeria. And like created the country, um, yeah. I, like I, I want to sit down with him and just like oh, yeah. legit created a, a whole country in Nigeria. You know, like to me, that's like yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll say one last one. Like if 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 he was real, James St. Patrick from Power, and that's it. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. I probably say. Malcolm, I just love Malcolm. I, I love mm-hmm. Malcolm's energy. He was just gangster. He Absolutely. spoke his mind. He didn't give a fuck. I would say Malcolm. Mm-hmm. I would say MLK just naturally because just to mm-hmm. see them like talk to each other about their policies and like their ideology. I would say Angela Davis because she's just a strong black woman that has yeah. very insightful knowledge about like just different things. And she's like, she's a socialist, just like hearing her mm-hmm. perspective on all those things. Um, just to get people from like different space. I'll get Jay Z in there. Because you get like a musical guy in there that's very creative and he has very interesting thoughts as well. And I'll probably get Kobe Bryant because he's an mm. athlete. Get Kobe yeah, in there. I like that one. I get Kobe in there because he's an athlete. He has interesting perspective and just like mm-hmm. seeing them all mesh that all together. Because you get like political people, musician, artist. If I had another person, I would get Basquiat in there as well. Mm. Okay. So Basquiat would be on the outside, like 
he might have to pay like five dollars to get in but like it's cool i let him in but just getting an artist he's like a phenomenal artist he mm-hmm. eventually killed himself i just wanted to like mm-hmm. learn about where his mind was at how he created all this art his thinking he was a revolutionary as well so mm-hmm. i would love to hear his perspective as well so yeah that'd probably be my list Damn. it changes every day though because like there's people yeah. you're forgetting as well too so like there's so many other people. Yeah. Cornell West. I love Cornell West. There's so many different. Mm-hmm. Uh, this should be if we all combine. Wow. If we all combine, yeah. party, that would be one dope ass party, man. I'm excited. Yeah, y'all, y'all's list is very powerful. You guys are on that list. <laughs> nah, but and it has been such a pleasure. I'm gonna start calling you my cousin. Such a pleasure, cousin. Um, but that's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for blessing us with your presence and, and your knowledge and. And, and your background and 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 you know what you're planning to do with with the community, how you bringing us together. I love it. So, thank you so much. Thank y'all for having me. Thank y'all for, for reaching sure. out. But yeah, invite me anytime. If y'all have another episode, I would love to come back. For sure. Appreciate that. Appreciate 100%. that. Thank you for coming on. And that's thank a wrap. you. Okay. When I don't finish, I'll be ha. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. This really does help engagement and allows other people to be able to check out our awesome content and also follow us on social media, Instagram to be specific at V-L-L-G-B-O-Y-Z. And most definitely and more importantly, we shall catch you on the next episode. Oh yeah. Vamos.